Welcome to the Creative Brew, helping you keep your creative juices brewing. We're giving out chunks of insight, motivation, and practicality for your creative journey. We've got some great partners with the Creative Brew. First of all, Panels, Comics, and Coffee Bar here in beautiful Oceanside, California, right off of Mission Avenue. They've got some of the hottest graphic novels and comics out right now. They also have a wide assortment of merchandise, toys, as well as back-issue vintage comic uh, comic books and that I'm sure has some hidden gems in there. If you mention the Creative Brew, you'll get 10% off of your next purchase. You, you can also check them out on social media at Panels Coffee or go to PanelsCoffee.com. My next partner is Elevate Coffee Trading, and if you appreciate specialty coffee, enjoy outdoor adventure, and love helping elevate the lives of children around the world, then you're going to love Elevate Coffee Trading. Their mission is to extract hope through love, coffee, and adventures. There's free shipping in the United States, and every bag of coffee helps sponsor health and education for children in coffee-producing countries and in areas of need in the United States. You can use promo code ELEVATE21 on your next order, and you can follow their journey on social media at Elevate Coffee Trading. Or you can visit online at ElevateCoffeeTrading.com and let's start extracting hope together. Another partner of mine is AstroPad. And if you're a digital creator like me and you constantly use your iPad Pro, you can actually use AstroPad to change your graphics tablet into another professional graphics tablet. Um, so you can use Photoshop, full versions of Adobe, Adobe Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, all your favorite programs right on your iPad Pro or graphics tablet. Um, this has been an awesome tool for me because I'm always having to do uh, some fine-tuning, editing, repainting, um, recoloring on, on various um, design projects or working on logos. AstroPad is a huge asset for me. Um, for teachers and, and uh, students and educators, they actually have a great deal going on right now. This is an annual subscription, so it's a, script, um, it's a, a subscription app, uh, but it's been a huge tool for me, and uh, I, I don't know what I would do without AstroPad. So you can check them out at AstroPad app or go to AstroPad.com. And my last sponsor is the CoboPod. CoboPod is a boutique video and audio production studio in, based in Oceanside, California. And if you're a podcaster, vlogger, content creator, uh, you honestly, you should really come by and check out the venue for yourself. Uh, anytime that I bring in a guest, they're amazed by the setup, amazed by the quality, the production value. Um, like I said, I, I think the Creative Brew just went up a notch. I actually went up uh, incredible levels uh, partnering up with CoboPod and I've been able to um, uh, create, you know, 4K uh, video um you know, everything looks great. Um, even the photographer that we have on staff, uh, you know, I'm, I use a lot of their photography for uh, for, for branded um, assets for the Creative Brew, um, as well as uh, the audio for my uh, podcast and my radio show. So um, if you want to feel like booking your session and maybe you're thinking about, you know, starting a podcast or maybe, heck, you want to just sit in one day, you know, I'm doing a, um, a podcast or a, I'm doing a show. Hey, come by, check it out. Um, see the venue, see the setup, check out everybody. It's a great vibe here. Um, but let's book your session today at CobalPod.org. Episode of the Creative Brew, giving you insights on your creative journey. Uh, today, we have a, a past guest on, on, the, uh, on the show, coming and bringing them back. And uh, probably one of the more um, uh, 
energetic people that I've, I've ever encountered. And uh, I think that that energy is, is, is contagious. And I think that uh, even with the, the people that he impacts, um, I think is, um, I think they absorb that, that energy and they, they use it um, in a, in a very positive manner. I think it's sort of showing and, you know, especially with uh, coach John reader and uh, coach Bono, that definitely changing the, 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 the culture uh, and, the, and the vision of, of Wisconsin wrestling and, and uh, definitely, it's definitely showing, you know, you see a lot of, a lot of guys there that are, uh, you know, wrestling on a high level. And um, so I, I think that that energy and that, that culture, um, you know, I, I think how they're performing right now is a byproduct of that. But uh, without further ado, I'm going to let Coach Reader sort of share his uh, story, quick story about him, and then we'll, uh, we'll, get, the, we'll get the show going. Let's go, Q. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be back on the show. Like you said, this is my second time around. And um, I, I'm, I'm really excited to, you know, guys, give you guys an update of where we're at. And um, just really, just really honored to be back on your show. You do a lot of great stuff. And um, I love the passion. I love the hustle. I love the, the energy that you bring to, to the people that follow your show and, and in the work that you do in your professional career. And I'm just very honored to be back, Q. But little update on me since the last time we spoke. I think that was... Um, I believe that was before a hundred mile race. I believe it was. So we're going to get into that. So there's a lot to talk about that, but um, we're in the middle of our, our collegiate season here at the university of Wisconsin. And, and um, you know, we're in the heart of, we're really in the fire right now, as so to speak, we're, we're, we're in the thick of our season and, and really every single weekend it's, it's highly contested, high intensity matches this weekend. We're going up to Minnesota on Sunday and, um, you know, we're about two months away from the NCAA tournament. So in a, in a span of eight weeks, you know, there's a lot of matches that are still on, on, uh, on the schedule to happen, but we're, we're gearing up for that, that big 10 tournament and NCAA championships in first week of March. Nice. Nice. So right now, I mean, what, um, and obviously I, I know you, you've, you know, been on the show and sort of accustomed to, to a lot of the questions and everything, but you know, right now, I mean, what, as far as the the things that's transpired since maybe the last time you've you've been a past guest, you know what what things have sort of transpired for you? Um, oh, listen, positive over challenges. I mean, ah, uh, I do. I could go on and on, Q, about about the challenges that I've uh, had to overcome, and and one of them, you know, the the magnitude of a challenge that we had to overcome. Um, a little bit of the story was during quarantine. When quarantine first hit, we met a buddy of ours. Um, on social media, a guy that, you know, we hit it off right away. And it was just, this guy had a ton of, a ton of energy. His name's Pete Ripmaster. And we, you know, we were sending quotes back and forth and, and whatnot during quarantine and just kind of motivating each other. And, you know, lo and behold, we figured out that this guy likes to do a hundred mile races and his passion is he is trying to run a hundred miles in every single state of the United States in a hundred mile race in every single one of them. Right. And he, he just finished his 17th one. Right. So that alone is, is incredible. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the same kind of mindset, he's a little bit crazy. Right. So we, we hit it off right away. And, um, I, you know, coach Bono and I said, listen, if you ever come to Wisconsin, you know, we would love to run 10 miles with you and Q I'd never run more than 10 miles in my life. I ran <laughs> it once. I ran it once. I was, I, I joined cross country in high school for an off season in the summer, trying to stay in shape. And the coach made me run 10 miles one time. I was like, this, this is crazy. And I don't know. I, I don't ever want to do this again. And I never did it again. 
And uh, I, I told this guy, I was like, listen, I've done 10 miles before. I can do that. I know I can make that. If you ever come to Wisconsin and you're doing a 100-mile race, I would love to jump in and pace you for 10 miles. That was about four or five months prior to August 1 of 2021 when, when this 100-mile race came to Wisconsin. Um, and he said, listen, I'm coming to Wisconsin. The race is called the Badger 100. Would you guys want to come in and, and do a 10 miles with me? And we said, absolutely. Well, things started marinating, and I told Coach Bono, I was like, listen, he's coming. We're not 10-mile type guys. Let's just do the whole thing. Let's just do the whole thing. And he, you know, for the first two months, he was, he was basically, you know, saying, no, you're crazy. We're never doing that. Uh, I'm only committing to 10 miles. And every day I just chipped away at him. I said, listen, that's not who we are. We're going to do the whole 100 miles. And as we got closer, man, I'll never forget this. We were sitting at the Olympic trials in April. And so a couple months prior to the race, and I said, listen, registration is going to open up. There's a limited amount of spots. I want to do this 100 miles. And if you do it, I'll do it. Because I know no matter what, we won't leave each other. And um, we got him committed to the race. And and dude, what an incredible experience of overcoming mental pain, physical pain, spiritual, just, I mean, you were a broken man in the the 100 mile race, 100%. And, And there's so much to unpack in that race. And we're still, we're five or six months post race. And we're continually coming up with stories like, Hey, do you remember when we did that during the race? Uh, but Q the hundred miles is a, is a whole nether. It's the hardest thing I've ever done physically in my entire life. Take any wrestling practice, take any wrestling training, take, take the hardest thing I've ever done in, in the sport of wrestling and times by a million. And, and, and I'm, I'm telling you, I, I don't even know if it still compares to what we had to go through. It took us 31 hours to get through this, this hundred mile race. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget, you know, we took the training really, really seriously for the four or five months leading up to the race. And, um, there's so much to unpack that I know I'm leaving a ton out, but it was cute. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. Wow. So what was, what was, so what was your, like, what was your training, um, schedule with that? So this is, this is what the training looked like. And again, two guys that had zero idea of what, what really a hundred miles really, what was it all about? Yeah. Um, so obviously we're here at the university of Wisconsin and we've got great world-class resources when it comes to nutrition. So that was our first step. We said, listen, let's go dial in our nutrition because it's a different beast. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to learn how to take in the certain calories and, and the fluids and, and make sure that you can maintain that energy throughout 30 hours of, of running this course. There was a 36 hour cutoff in this race. And we had to make sure that we finished before 36 hours. It took us 31, but uh, nutrition was step number one. So we dialed in exactly, you know, the certain amount of liquids that we would be taking in every, um, you know, every aid station, you know, the carbohydrates, the proteins, the fats, we dialed all that in. So we were very, very confident that that was, you know, nutrition was taken care of. Mm -hmm. Now, from a training standpoint, we didn't get any help. We just asked our buddy that he's, he's kind of, uh, he's pretty famous in this ultra marathon world. And he just basically gave us the outline saying, listen, just kind of, you know, go for longer runs and really no, no parameters on how far, but there was a system that we were going to do when we started the race on how, how how we were going to like, we were going to run two miles and then we were going to walk a half a mile. Okay. And in that half a mile, that's when you take in your fluids. That's when you take in your, your food. 
right? So that was what our pay or our, our plan was for the whole hundred miles. Start two mile run, half mile walk, take your, take your nutrition in. So us knuckleheads, we never really put together a training plan for four months. You know, it was basically just, we would always have practice with our, our, our college guys on the mat at 8 a.m. So you had to work backwards. So if I wanted to run 20 miles and most of the work I did was on a treadmill. So yeah. I would come in at like 4 a.m., have my little cooler of, of liquids and food that I would be taking in. And I would, I would literally train like I was going to train or run the race. I would get on the treadmill, do the pace that he said for, for, the, for the run, and then I would walk at the pace he wanted us to walk at. And I would take in the nutrition and I, I tried to get my body as close to feeling what it was going to feel like when we get out on the course. Now I did that and I didn't feel anything like that when I got on the course because it, it was just a, a different beast. The one time that I, that my longest run in training was 26 miles. Right. And obviously there's a lot left of, of that race. Yeah. And, and it, and it was true. It was true to uh, what I could have expected. I don't know why, why I, I was very confident leading into this race when, on race day, I was very confident. I, I, I got off, uh, you know, we started at the, uh, at the start line and I couldn't believe the people that were at this race. There were 60, 70 year old people at this race. And I'm, I'm, you know, a competitor. I'm yeah. like, I'm beating her. I'm beating him. There's no way in hell that guy's beating me. And, and, uh, you know, that was my mindset for the first, you know, 20, 30 miles. And I'll never forget. So this guy that our buddy of ours that we were running the race with, he's, he's, like I said, he's, he's, he's done a lot of, a, of, of, a you know, he's accomplished a lot of things in the ultra marathon, but he's also, before he got into hundred mile races, you know, the Iditarod with the dogs. Yeah. He, there's actually uh, a race where you don't use dogs and you go out there and you walk or you hike or whatever. And he's won that race. It's like thousands. It's like, I don't know how far it is. It's, you know, hundreds of miles, thousands of miles. He's won that race. So he naturally had this incredible pace when we would walk. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, when we got to the 30 mile point there, it, coach Bowen and I, we couldn't, you know, we couldn't keep up with him anymore. We could keep up with him in the run, but when it came to a walk, this guy's walk was, you know, it was, it was damn near a, a run. Wow. And, you know, eventually we're, we're, we're starting to wear down and the, the walk, I couldn't get the nutrition in fast enough. And then before you knew it, we were running again. So there was a point about 30 miles that he kind of pulled away from us, our buddy. <laughs> so now it's just coach Bono and I, and I'll never forget this, uh, you know, looking at each other and having that discussion on, you know, it was a very, very quick two, three minute power talk. You know, there was never a moment where we, we told each other we were going to quit, but it was constantly trying to build each other up. But I'll never forget that three-minute talk. We were like, we, we kind of sternly said it to each other. We're like, listen, this is why we did this race, because it was going to be hard. What did you expect it to be? Did you expect this to be easy? You yeah. know, and it kind of like, you know, you're like, damn, you're, you're, you're right. You know, what would you think this was going to be easy? You know, and and from that moment on, it was it was our rally cry. Every time things got hard, you know, it was remember why you're doing this. Remember why you're doing this hard thing. Hard things are good. You can do hard things. And uh, you know, I no doubt about it. I couldn't have done it without him. You know, because at certain times during the race, when I was really really bad, he was really good. And when mm -hmm. he was really bad, I was really good. So we kind of fed off each other's energy, and we never let each other really really feel like you know if he was down I it was my role I had to pick him up 
I had to make sure that his spirits were lifted and, and we can do this. You know, let's get to the next A station. That was another one of our rally cries. Don't worry about, hey, we got 75 miles left. You know, every aid station was six or seven miles down the road. Just focus on getting to the next step. Just focus on getting to the next aid station. So, you know, we continually were feeding off each other's energy. And, um, you know, obviously 31 hours goes through the night. And the night, I would say, was probably one of the hardest moments for me, right? So we hit that little 30-mile mark where our buddy left. And then the two of us, we cruised until about 60 miles. And 60-mile aid station, I'll never forget this. This is where I really started to spiral out of control. You know, if you know me, I'm a creature of habit, right? So when we were setting up these little aid station, when you would come into an aid station, you would have a packet of food that you already prepared that was sitting at the aid station waiting for you to be there. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I uh, talking to our nutritionist, I was like, listen, I don't want to think. I just want to grab my stuff and pull it out and eat it. And for me, it was like I had like prepared 11 or 12 peanut butter and jellies. And by 60 miles into this course, I could not look at that peanut butter and jelly. I didn't want to even touch that peanut butter and jelly, you know, and, and, and I was already dehydrated beyond belief. And, uh, you know, so I bit into the, the peanut butter and jelly. It was my mouth was so dry. I couldn't even chew it. So I was like, I was like, forget this. And at every aid station, they were incredible. There was incredible help that were at these aid stations. And there was, they had their own food, you know, like candy and stuff like that, 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 you know, instant sugars that you could you use some of their stuff, but I didn't want to rely on any of their stuff. But at 60 miles is when I said, forget what I had. And I went over to them and I was eating pickles. I was drinking pickle juice. I was having gummy bears. I was having, you know, salt and vinegar chips. And for me, man, all of a sudden I went from super dialed in nutrition and, and fluids to just letting it, the floodgates open. Cause I felt terrible Q. Yeah. I felt terrible. Like I felt, you know, you know, that dehydrated feel where I just felt weak and I started to feel like, uh, like I was getting dizzy Yeah. and I was like, I've got to figure something out right now. Like I've got to put something, I got to put more in because I'm obviously, I'm not taking in as much as I'm, I'm getting, getting rid of. So I got to go figure it out. And for me, I wish I would, if I could go back, I wish I would have at that moment said, no, do, do what you've trained to do. Not what you feel. You know, do what you train to do, not what you feel and stick to my nutrition plan because it really got out of control. And that's, that was my first aid station where, um, I hit a full body cramp, mm-hmm. like, and, and I'm talking groin, I'm talking hamstrings, I'm talking biceps, forearms, fingers were starting to curl. And that's, that's, you know, I kind of got nervous a little bit, but I took in, I took in that stuff. I was like, whew, maybe, you know, we'll walk for the first mile or two and then let this kind of settle in. But anyways, you know, pushing forward into the race, you know, mile 70 through 80 was kind of our five hour window during the night. That was kind of our overnight time. It was like 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. And and probably the hardest part of the race for me, it was, you know, you're starting to have that fatigue. You're starting to have that, um, you know, like I said, the nutrition was out of whack. So my body, everything that I was taking in nutritionally, I would pee it out within 10 steps. So I constantly was having to stop and have to go to the bathroom on the side of the road. And now granted, if you, if you can think envision looking at like the, the darkest woods that you can in thick woods that you can think of, and now just put a path through it. That was our course. It was this rail trail that ran through the woods, you know, hundreds of miles. And it was an old rail trail that, that is now like a running path. 
And uh, so at night, there was no lights. There's, there's zero lights. And for us too, and this is another great story within, within this, you know, Coach Bono and I, again, we tried to prepare every single little thing that we could think of that we're going to need throughout the race. And headlights were one of them because it's, it's going to be pitch dark. And in yeah. 100 miles, in 100 miles, there was only 150 people that ran this race. So they, over 100 miles, you're spread out. And there's, there's times where we didn't see anybody for hours. And, uh, you know, so he bought these head, head, headlamps on Amazon. And we were all fired up saying, all right, dude, it's time to put the headlamps on. Let's go. And uh, the headlamps didn't work. The headlamps didn't work. So luckily at that aid station that we put our headlamps on, uh, my wife came out and she, she, uh, she did 10 miles with us from mile 70 to mile 80. And another great story. So our headlamps went out. I told her, and we're hurting at the moment, right? Our bodies are really hurting. I told her, hey, take your cell phone, turn on the light, and just get out in front of us. And I'll try uh, my best for us to, we'll be behind you. Just get out in front of us, and we'll try to stay with you. You know, we're going to push through 10 miles. You be our pacer. And she's got her cell phone. She's, she's walking along, you know, jogging along. And all of a sudden, bats are starting to come down at her. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. My wife's like, I didn't sign up for this. And, uh, it, it, it was, it was an incredible experience, but like I said, my body was, it was dumping all the fluids that I was trying to take in. So every 10 steps I was, I was going to the bathroom, but on top of that, I was already like, I was so fatigued that when I would go to the bathroom, if I closed my eyes, I could feel myself start to fall down. Like I was that fatigued. So she would hold my, uh, I had like a vest that carried my stuff. She would hold my, the back of my vest while I went to the bathroom. So I didn't fall. Wow. You know, so it just, I'm talking incredible. You, you literally pushed your body to the limit and then you were sprinting. It, it was how far can you go past that? But Q, that's, that's why I, I'm, I'm like obsessed with ultra marathons now. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely obsessed with, with the mindset and, and having to overcome when things get really, really hard. And that's what I tell our guys now, you know, when things get hard, it's not turn away and put my, put my tail in between my legs and, 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 and take a different path of least mm -hmm. resistance. It's how do I get through it? How do I get through that challenge? How do I continue to say, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. And yeah. like I said, on top of that, obviously coach Bono and I got a great relationship, but doing the race with him, it was like the shared suffering, right? It was the shared yeah. suffering that we endured together and um, an incredible experience. You know, we were already very close, but doing a hundred mile race and, and, and having to be there for each other in, in, in our weakest moments, in our most vulnerable states, you know, and, and, and vice versa was it took our friendship to a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it just, I don't think my wife has ever seen me that vulnerable and that, that, um, that, that broken. Right. And, and really, you know, she, I, I knew, I knew she's, I knew she was worried multiple times during a race when she would, you know, I've never seen her like, Hey, are you okay? And she kind of snipped at me and said, listen, you need to, you know, if you're not okay, you need to tell me. And I'm like, you know me, I'm whatever. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to, I'll, I'll run it until I die, whatever. But it's, uh, it was just an incredible mental challenge and more, I would say more so mental than it is physical. Yeah. It, it, it's it's far more mental there's a certain there's a certain part of the race that's physical and i would say it's probably miles one through 60 and then from 60 to 100 it's it's man are you willing to endure that suffering because it's 
peaks and valleys and peaks and valleys and peaks and valleys. And those valleys will come like this mm-hmm. and, and cue. And I, I, I'm starting to get all these thoughts in my head about uh, stories that had come through the race, but continuing on into the race, almost uh, we're about to finish the race. We're, I think we're at mile 93. That's the last, that's the last aid station leading into the finish line is mile 93. And you know, would you believe it? Before mile 93, there was three miles of just steep hills up and down, up and down, up and down. Well, those hills, they they wrecked me. They absolutely wrecked me. I couldn't pick my feet up. My hip flexors felt like they were broken. And uh, and I hit another, uh, coming down that last hill into the aid station, at the very bottom of the hill was an aid station. And now granted, now think of this. Every time I went into an aid station, never once, did uh, a worker like come out and greet you? Usually you come in and they're, they're, they're amazing. They're like, what do you need? Can I change your socks? Can I put, you know, Vaseline on your blisters? Whatever it may be. I knew I was hurting. I was hitting a, uh, a hard body cramp leaning into uh, that, that aid station. I had the workers come running out to me because they saw how bad I was. I was. I was crawling into, I was crawling like this into the aid station. Wow. So they came running out to me. They gave me a bunch of salt water. They're like, hey, listen, what do you need? You got 90. And the great part about this, man, it gives me chills because walking into that aid station, never once did they say, you need to be done or you need to quit. Do you want to quit? It was, listen, what do you need? You're at mile 93. Let's get it in you and get your butt going. You're, you got seven miles left. And, and dude, what an incredible, like, you know, just a little motivation that you needed at the right time to get you to mm-hmm. that, to that finish line. And, um, I'm a big believer in it, man. I, I think the hard things and, and, and that challenge is, is opened my eyes to, um, you know, it's changed me as a person, you know, I, there's, there's so much, our, our minds, our bodies are so much more capable than what we give it credit for. Yeah. And, and really what we actually challenge it to, right. There's so, there's so much, there's so much more that we're capable of, but are you willing to do it? Are you willing to suffer a little bit? And um, I tell our guys that all the time, man, you've got to be willing to suffer and uh, to win. There's a price that's got to be paid and that suffering is a major part of it. Yeah. I, you know what? That's, that's a very uh, interesting point because now with, um, with, especially with just technology, just with our way of life, um, we can get pretty much anything on demand. And the, the, the struggle aspect, you know, that, you know, our predecessors or in, in generations before they've been used to that, um, that sort of paved the way for, you know, society today where, you know, we don't necessarily have to struggle for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, heck, even even with a lot of athletes now, I mean, we got the transfer portals now you can transfer. Yeah. Hey, I don't like the situation. I'm going to transfer out. Right. Um, there's pros and cons to that. Yeah, man, um, I, I could go on and on for about that. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I could go just... on and on about that. That transfer <laughs> portal, you know, obviously it's 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 there for. There's certain situations that are it's great for, but there's also you know situations where, um, you know, there, there's a lot of looking in the mirror that needs to happen. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of a lot of internal evaluations that need to happen on, you know, I am I in this situation, you know where I might not be the guy or the starter and or whatever the reason is that they got to, they got to leave. Did I give my best effort every day? You know, did I give my best hustle effort and attitude every single day to that coaching staff or whatever it may be to put myself in a position to be the best version of myself, um, not blame others about not succeeding or, 
you know, it's an internal evaluation and, and, you know, you got to look in the mirror at some, some, some point in time, you got to look in the mirror and say, Hey, listen, did I, did I do everything right? Did I overturn every stone to be the best version of myself? And if not, that's on you. That's not, that's not a, the, the transfer portal is, is not, um, it's not going to fix that. You know, you're going to go to another place and you're going to, if you don't, if you're not willing to change those, those things, if you're not willing to give your best helpful ever and added attitude every day, then what changes? If nothing yeah. changes, nothing changes. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I could go on and on about that, Q. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's one of those where um, you, you're either going to learn how to, in whatever platform or whatever capacity you're in, you know, say you're, you're a student athlete, you're either going to learn how to deal with that struggle now and, yeah. you know, get used to, you know, yeah, I mean, if you're putting your, putting forth your best, best effort and, you know, it may not be good enough, there might be something else you maybe you know you you might need to learn uh, in those situations and you know sometimes the easy way out is yeah hey like this is not right for me i want to go somewhere where you know i can shine and and yep. be that superstar and your what's what what sucks is that your position you know you may be coming in as a as, as a superstar but by the time you get to the collegiate level you know for those two or three years, you might have to be that that really good training partner mm-hmm. and learning how to, um, you know, be there for someone else until it's your time. Um, and I think a lot of people, they just, they, with with what we have today, it's just like, I want it now. I want it now. Yeah. I don't want it. They, they want instant years. satisfaction. They want instant yeah. success. And, and um, you know, success comes with consistency and you know I, I i i'm a huge believer in consistency i would rather be consistently good than than rarely or or just often exceptional right yeah if you're consistently doing the right things day in and day out from a social standpoint and athletic standpoint um, academics if you're covering those aspects every single day and you're giving your best hustle up for an attitude and you're doing everything that you can do um you're going to find success, but it's about, it's about every day. It's not about, it's not about, Hey, only I'm only going to be exceptional when I feel good. Or, yeah. you know, it's kind of like the, the new year's resolution people, you know, the first week after new year's, every, you know, the gyms are packed. Yeah. The gyms are packed. I bet you January's their memberships are way up, yeah. you know, but because they're, they're, they're exceptionally good. Like or they're exceptionally great just for a small amount of time. You know, it's those guys that are fully invested. They're sitting, they're just, they're fully invested in the preparation and the vision. They're all in on the vision of where they want to go um, and where they want to be. And they're, they, they sit there and they understand that, listen, it's not overnight. It's not going to be overnight that I'm going to be a national champ. It's going to be, I'm going to be a national champ because of what I've done for months, weeks, months, years in, in, in the past, yeah. you know, that are going to lead me to that, to that, that position to have that position to be a national champ or whatever, whatever, fill in the blank. Um, it, it's about what you do every day leading up to that. And um, trust me, there's going to be a lot of battles every day. There's going to be ones you win, ones you lose. But are you willing to fight for the consistency every single day? And I, you know, I tell our guys that ever see, you know, to be the best version of yourself, it starts with consistency. 100% starts with consistency, success. You can quickly look at, was I all in on my training? Was I all in on prep, preparation? It's, it's never like, I don't know why it happened. You know, you can yeah. quickly look, it, it, you can quickly see if somebody's all in or not. And that's why, you know, so consistency is huge. 
overnight success is not, is not a thing, man. It's, it's um, you got to be willing to sit there and marinate in it and, and be fully invested in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's something I've been preaching for about a year now to my, uh, to my uh, fighters that, uh, that I help out and uh, just tell them, you know, you just got to be consistent. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's one of those, we'll, we'll be in wrestling practice and, you know, um, you know, a lot of them like, Hey, I need to work on my wrestling. I was like, well, you, you got to show up. I mean, yeah. it's not, <laughs> like you can't come in like once, you know, every month and think you're going to learn something. I was mm -hmm. like, you just got to come in and just be consistent. Don't worry about, you know, feeling like you got to take that everyone, but just come in here and just learn. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, it's just one of those where, uh, yeah, definitely some of my fighters, you know, getting, getting them used to the, to coming in and just being, being consistent, you know, yep. you don't have to be the best, you know, on, on a given day, but just coming in, just come in, focus and, and do the work. And, um, you know, it's just one of those where some of them, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll come in when they feel good or they'll yeah. come in, um, like after maybe they want to fight and then you don't see them for a month. Um, I was like, no, look, you got to come yep. back in here. I was like, yes, you got your time to recover, but come back in here and ready to learn. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of those where I, I think a lot of them, um, you know, it, a lot of the athletes, you know, they're, they're used to, you know, they, they love those highlight reels, you know, they, yep. they, they love, you know, um, you know, training or they'll, they'll love, you know, posting out the workouts on social media and, you know, not yep. to say nothing you know, good or bad about that, but I want to, I want to see how you, I want to see how you react or how you train when no one's necessarily looking at you or yeah, you. Absolutely. Um, no doubt about I want to just want to see how you respond then. Yep. Um, so it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird little dynamic there with, um, you know, with a lot of the athletes now and, and, you know, just learning, you know, like you've got to you, what you talked about. I mean, you have to go through that struggle. Um, yep. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, you know, just to, to relate that to kind of what our guys are doing right now. Um, you know, obviously the big 10 season is an extreme challenge within itself, but yeah. the great thing about the big 10 schedule is so from January to February, end of February is basically our, our big 10 schedule. So you're wrestling teams Friday and Sunday, the, you know, every week, and there is no, it, that's a great part about it you don't have to wait so you can lose on a friday night and have you know turn around and less than 48 hours later you're wrestling another tough opponent and how do you how do you react to a loss you know yeah. how, how do you turn around and, and be able to compete at the highest level and go beat another opponent on sunday that's that's the best part about about this sport and um having to come back from from those losses and exactly you know you stay committed to what you believe in, in the philosophies that that you do you preach to yourself every single day and and for us that's just your best hustle effort and attitude no doubt about it if you can can consistently give your best hustle effort and attitude i promise you successes are going to happen but they're they're you're you're going to put yourself in a lot better position yeah yep i actually have a I actually have a hustle on my on my yeah i saw that man i was like dang I, I like that shirt i see hustle and effort I'll, I'll have to get you one i'll have to send you one very you nice that you came out with yeah i like it i, I got, like I got it. hustle i got hustle effort teamwork uh attitude and respect i love it so, put a little acronym for heart but um yeah so uh so yeah i mean I, I think for people that that know you you know you've got a you know you just got that contagious uh energy that that people um you know, naturally gravitate around, you know, what for, for you, I mean, I know you, you, you told some stories about the marathon, but, you know, personally for you, you know, what, what is, uh, what pushes you every day? What sort of drives and fuels you? 
Well, I think things have changed over my, over my obviously 33 years I've been alive. It's, it's changed a lot over the years, but for, for me, I, I mean, being a collegiate coach and being a father, I'm just trying to be a better version of myself every single day, whether it's, you know, treating people better, whether it's being a better coach, being a better friend, being a better mentor, being a better husband, being a better father, what can I do to be better every single day? And if I do that, that's amazing. And, and don't get me wrong. There's days where I, I, I don't come close to, to hitting, hitting, you know, par or whatever it may be, but it's a challenge. And I understand that. And I'm, I, I do my best every single day to be a better version than I was yesterday, but understand that I'm not going to be better. I'm not better today than I will be tomorrow too. Because yeah. I'm, I'm going to hustle. And I'm going to get better tomorrow. What, whatever it may be, um, whether it's making our team better, the whole nine yards, I'm trying to get a little bit better every single day in my own personal life. Um, that's what motivates me. When I was an athlete, man, I was so single-minded on, on and obsessed with my own career and, and, and making sure that I was taking care of me and I was taking care of, you know, obviously there's no one man bigger than the team, but, and I understood the team aspect of it, but I was, I was under the assumption and thought of, you know, in collegiate wrestling, there's 10 weight classes. If I did my 10%, if I had maxed out on my 10%, that would help the team so much, you know, because I was part of really good teams. They were top three every year in the, yeah. in the NCAs. So if I did my 10%, I would, I would make the team better. And if I, if I was all in on it, like I said, if I was all in on everything I did to be a national champ, that was my mindset when I was, a, uh, was an athlete. But like I said, things have changed since I've become a father, I've husband, a coach, um, you know, and I, I really, really enjoy that. And, um, for me, it's just about being a better person, being a better version of me, um, and consistently trying to adapt and find ways to get better. You know, I feel, I feel like a lot of people, they, they continue to live in the past and the ways that they've done things for years. Um, they might've worked then, but they're, they're, things are constantly evolving. Yeah. Things are constantly evolving in this sport. Um, kids. The, 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 the new age of, of, of uh, you got to, a good coach is able to adapt as time goes. Yeah. You kind of understand what I mean. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Like the way, okay. the way you talk to somebody is different than the way you talk to somebody 20 years ago. Yep. You know, the way you coach somebody is different than the way it, it might be, you know, it, it might be complete opposite than what I needed. And I need to understand that every single person is different and every single person needs something, a small piece you know, or a little button that's going to push this guy, but that button might not be the same for that guy and yeah. understanding that. And I've gotten better. I've been 10 years in, in, in collegiate coaching and I've gotten so much better than, than year one on understanding that every single person is different. We got 33 guys on our team and all 33 of them, I can confidently say they're all different on what makes them tick and understanding to push the buttons at the right time to help them go be the best version of themselves. And I can, I can honestly say, um, this is the most fun I've had or am having in my collegiate career as a coach um, to date is just the culture is, is, a, is a different culture than when we first got here. And I'm having so much fun because the guys, they love, they love to get better. They love to, to suffer with their teammates. They want to do great things with their teammates. They want to be great role models in, in the community and give back to those that, that are looking up to them. They understand that they're at a platform and probably one of the highest platforms and times of their life mm -hmm. is in, in college. So the, the, the role model aspect of, of being a collegiate athlete, they understand that and they're willing to give back to anybody in the community. And I, I, I I'm very grateful for that. And, um, you know, I understand that 
these guys are these guys are so special. I'm just having a great time being a part of this program. Um, grateful to be with my brother, Coach Bono, that I've been with for 10 years now. Um, I was a student athlete under him and now coaching with him for 10 years. Um, it's very rare to have a coaching staff together that long. And, yeah. and it takes trust. It takes loyalty. It takes understanding each other. You know, you know, like I, I've told many people, we're, we're basically a clone of each other. So the trust level has got to be in an all-time high. The loyalty for us, that's first and foremost. We've all, you know, that's, that's what we live by is loyalty. And uh, to be able to do it with him, to be able to do it with my brother, Seth Gross, um, just one an, an incredible, just an incredible young coach that has got so much energy and passion for what he believes in and what he's doing and the visions and things that he's bringing to our program has, has helped us exceptionally. And uh, I'm honored to be able to coach at the University of Wisconsin where, where number one, winning matters. Winning, winning matters and they're not afraid to tell you. And I love that about this place. They want to win. They want to win at the highest level and they want to graduate kids with, with exceptional degrees on whatever you may want to study. Um, I'm grateful for that, but I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, long story short, I'm just trying to be a better version of myself, man. And um, how do I give value to those around me? How do I uplift those around me is really my motivation every single day. Like I said, whether it's a stranger, whether it's, you know, I was raised old school. I was raised to treat people right and treat people the way you want to be treated. And, you know, if I walk by a piece of garbage, it's in nobody's around, you know, I'm still going to pick that piece of garbage up. Cause that's, that's the way I was raised. That's the way my mom and dad raised me. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to project that on our guys in, in, in a loving way and, and, and just be a role model, an example, really. I mean, I wrestle, run and lift with our guys every single day. So they understand that there's, to win at a certain level, there's an expectation on the way you train, the way you carry yourself, the way you treat people. Um, and just really just do my best to be a role model in every aspect. Obviously, I'm getting older, um, but I still love the grind, man. I really love the camaraderie of the sport. I really love the long road trips. Those are my favorite times to be on the road with the guys, especially when we're in enemy territory. It can be the most hostile environments. That's where that's where I, uh, I love. I love it. I, I would live in those moments. And, um, you know, to do it with the ones that you truly believe in and the, and, and the kids that, that uh, love you back and love this program and want to want to represent this university at the highest level. That's why I'm in this um, and, and to help them, you know, eventually, hopefully take these take these, uh, you know, characteristics and, and, and kind of the, the way we, we we do things around here. And hopefully that translates into their own pro professional careers and in their own, you know, lives after when, when their husbands and their fathers and their, and their own representatives and, and they can look back on and, and, and say like, that was a pivotal moment in my, my young adult career was when I was under these guys and I was mentored by these guys. And, you know, if it wasn't for you guys, you know, I would have went this way or mm -hmm. I, you know, I could have went this way. And, you know, now I'm teaching the same things to my kids about the, you know, the hustle effort and attitude. Those are the things that, man, uh, I just, it, 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 I love coaching for that. I love uh, the wins and losses are amazing and I want to win at the highest level, but the value that you can give to these kids on, on, a, on, on every level, you know, they're, this is one of their most pivotal moments in their, their, their lives, right? Yeah. Your young adulthood life, you could go this way or this way and, and to give them strong, you know, male freaking role model. That's, that's, uh, that's, a, that's an amazing experience for those guys. So 
I know I rambled, but uh, uh, I just want to be a, the best version of myself and, and help lift these guys up around me and, and, and lift my own staff up, lift up those around me and let them know that I appreciate everything they do, whether it's our laundry guy, whether it's our nutritionist, our strength coach, whoever touches this program. I want them to understand that number one, we all communicate in the same way and we're all on the same page, but we all appreciate the work that they do. And, um, you know, they're, they're an integral part of our program. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that, those are some great points. I mean, actually they, the, uh, the new episode I just put out, uh, for the show today is, is talking about taking inventory and like, are you, you know, looking back from last year, you know, are you at an asset or are you a liability for someone? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and That's what, what like are all that. the little touch points that you you you've done over the course of the year? You know, what things are you are you giving value to somebody, uh, or are you you know like draining someone's energy? Um, yep. You know, and it's just one of those where, you know, if you don't realize that, you don't know what you're you know what you're doing to 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 various people or environments. You know, if now if you're coming out to to now if you're coming out you know to, to show up and and you know be there and and be the best person you can be. Yeah, obviously you got to be a you got to be an asset for for uh, anybody that that's in your presence. But you know, if you come in like, oh man, I I got to coach these kids today to get yeah. in my nerves. Uh, you know, someone screaming about this. You know, it's just one of those where um, you know I, I think a lot of athletes they tend to feel you know feel and and you know feed off that. And you know, if you know you got coaches coming in um, a little negative, then yeah, they're gonna I think they're gonna sense it too. And um, so this is one of those where um, you know, I try to tell my, uh, tell my fighters, you know, like whatever happens, because a lot of them are in the military and they deal with all kinds of issues. And I was like, Hey, look, whatever happened, leave it at the door. You, when you come in here, uh, you come in here with a, uh, with a, with a good attitude, come here ready to learn, um, you know, get a workout in, uh, and control what you can control. Like for those two hours, for that one hour, two hour, we got a one hour practice, which I wish we bumped that up, but you know, uh, for, for our practice, you get to control your, you know, how you want to be for that yep. one hour. Um, Absolutely. And I think with a lot of the athletes, you know, if they can control, control what you can control for those two hours. Absolutely. And, and I think, I think if they can learn how to do that, then that's where things start to um, switch perception wise. But a lot of times, you know, they, some people can just come in with unnecessary baggage, you know, you, oh, you man, I, I hear it every day. I hear it every day. This is a daily conversation that we have with our guys. And obviously um, you can relate this to, to the business world and, and and things that you do as well. And obviously, you know, your fighters, they deal with this as well, whether it be performance anxiety, whether it's, uh, I don't want to lose or, 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 you know, just the baggage, the extra baggage that they have zero control over. Yeah. They have zero control over if they're going to go win or lose a match. You know, obviously you got to go out there and do the, do the work, but you got to understand that, you know, the results will take care of themselves. You control your daily effort, your daily attitude, your daily hustle, um, your daily nutrition of the whole, everything that we've already in, in, in talked about, that's what you have co complete control over. And, you know, I tell my guys, you know, if you lose a wrestling match, really, you know, let's, let's really unpack that. If you lose a wrestling match, are your parents not going to love you? Are we not going to love you? Are we going to give up on you? No, no to all those. Right. So, you know, in a roundabout way, in a simplest form, this is a wrestling match we're talking about. You know, this is a wrestling match, man, and, and and you have an opportunity to do something that a lot of not a lot of people have to do is, yeah. is to go out there and 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 you know chase a chase a national championship or or fill in the blanks. Um, you know, so from that aspect, keeping it simple, but understanding that 
what you do daily is your is 100% control, right? I can't control what's going to happen one month from now. All I can control is right now, right here, this conversation, me and you. That's it. That's all I have control over right now. So what? Um, so what, what, what you and Bono, I mean, you, you uh, uh, from what I've uh, noticed, I, well, I even looking at the videos o- online, um, I can tell, I can tell y'all have a lot of fun uh, up there. And um, so, you know, how, how do you feel like the culture of uh, just Wisconsin um, yep. wrestling? How, how do you feel like that's uh, that, that's changed with, with you and Bono? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I think that, um, you know, we're in our fourth season and, and I think my perception of the University of Wisconsin, you know, prior to us coming here, I think it was one of those programs that, you know, I'm not real, you know, if, if you scheduled them, if you scheduled Wisconsin and you weren't in the, in the big 10, you had a great chance of beating them, you know, cause they, you know, you, you knew if you were in better shape, whatever it may be, there was a great chance to beat that program. But I had a perception on, you know, that I never wrestled in the big 10. I wrestled in the big 12. I just had a perception that a big 10 program, you know, it, it, it naturally had guys that were all in that were, you know, that were bought into the program that were cohesive and, um, you know, carried themselves at a very high level. And um, I quickly got to the University of Wisconsin. And number one, university aside, the culture of the program um, was very, very different than what I was, I'd ever been accustomed to mm-hmm. as an athlete or as a coach. Uh, very divi- div- uh, divided, mm-hmm. very defiant, very uh, it, it was just a very hard situation, Q. And and, and to, on top of that, when you don't have a relationship with those guys, it's very hard. And change yeah. is hard for a lot of people, right? You didn't recruit those kids. They had a different coach that recruited them. So you step in and you try to be their coach and you don't have any relationship with them. It's naturally going to be a hard situation. And um, But we signed up for that. We knew that was going to, you know, we didn't understand that was going to be part of it, but we but we understood that this is part of the job and, you know, these are our guys now. And uh, we tried to make the best with what we had. And um, four years down the road now, I am confident in saying that we have 33 guys in there that are team number one, that, that will do anything for their teammates that will day, day or night, they will, they will suffer with their brothers. They will put the team first in every aspect um, that are bought in on the philosophy of, your best hustle effort and attitude. I'm, I can't guarantee you that we're going to win every match, but I guarantee you we're going to give our best hustle effort and attitude. And that alone is going to put us in the best situation to have success. They understand that. They understand that academics are, uh, are, are critical. They understand that there's life after, after wrestling and they're going to do their, their best every time they step foot into that classroom. They understand that they're going to be great role models in the, in the community. They're going to represent not only our wrestling program, but the university at the highest level when it comes to the way we treat people, the way we mentor young kids, the way we do this, the way we, you know, if, if somebody sees one of our athletes downtown or, or at a restaurant, our kids are up, you know, outstanding citizens. They're not going to be downtown drinking 37 beers and punching people in the face. That's just not what they do. Um, and I can confidently say that now, four years later, um, like I said, uh, and I've been a part of a lot of really good programs and this is the most fun I am having as a collegiate coach, mentoring these guys and being around our, our guys and the culture that we've built. It's, it's, it's amazing. And a prime example, you know, 
we beat uh, Rutgers, who was top 10 program in the country last Sunday. Yeah. And um, they're, they're, they have an excellent team, excellent coaching staff. And I love those, those, uh, those coaches to death. They're, they're our buddies. And what our guys said after the dual meet was finished, um, it really got me emotional because again, this is what I'm in it for. I'm in, I'm in it for that brotherhood and that mentorship. And to hear some of our guys, we, we, we didn't really say too much as a coaching staff. We kind of let the floor, uh, the guys have it. And we're like, what do you guys think of that? You know, and, and guys jumped up and they're looking, they said, I am so happy to be a part of a culture where the standard is up here and, and the way we do everything is up here. And the way we do it as a team is, is, is you know, it's a family environment. And to hear that as a coach, you understand that you're on the right track. Yeah. You're on the right track. You're doing the right things when it comes to a culture standpoint and setting that standard. Um, and if I could look back on the culture now from the culture, then I would never have um, in certain situations, you know, that was, those were the first times for us as a coaching staff that we ever got presented with some of the things that we got presented with. I would never compromise my advice to anybody would never compromise your principles, never compromise your standard, never compromise your, your, uh, your philosophies for anything when it comes to culture. If there's, if there's one, you know, one guy that might not understand, you know, feel like that is the culture that uh, he wants to be a part of all of a sudden it becomes two guys and all of a sudden two becomes four guys. And now four becomes eight guys. And now all of a sudden you got half your team that, is over here doing thinking they should be doing this and they're telling these guys you know it it just becomes not what you want and um like i said thank you it's come a long way it's been a really really hard four years you know the first two years were really really hard from a culture standpoint and then you throw in covid yeah. and then now we're into our fourth year I, and I, I never ever if i would have you know been able to think that this would have been the way the first three years went i would never have guessed i never would have guessed you know, my first two years here, I was like, holy crap, you know, this is, did we make the right move? Yeah. <laughs> you know, did we, did we do the right thing? You know, and uh, no doubt about it, we put our heads down and we kept working and we kept, you know, reminding each other and our staff saying, keep doing the right things. I promise you it'll pay off. Keep doing the right things. It'll pay off, you know, and keep recruiting the kids that are, 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 that fit our mold and fit the way that we want to treat you know, people and, and represent this university. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm at an all-time high. Our culture is at an all-time high. The way, we, the way we operate as a unit is, is, is at an all-time high, and we still have so, so much more room to grow, which is amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, right now, I mean, what uh, – well, I, I know we, we went into um, the – pretty much the, the toughest thing that you, you've yeah. done. Um, how, how did that, I mean, personally, I mean, uh, you can go as, you know, shorter as long as you want to. How, how did that change your perception on the way that you do yourself in life? Well, I think that, you know, the, the 100 mile race, 100% really opened my eyes personally to, um, there's been moments in my life where I had to really get tough, right? And, and in the previous show, I talked to you guys about, you know, my junior year, I was, I was, supposed to be an All-American. I was a high-ranked seed going in the NCAA tournament. I had some injuries and things that led to me not being an All-American and eventually led me not to be a four-time All-American. And that's one of the moments that really haunts me to this day. But um, 
I, I think that I had to get tough in that moment, my junior year, when I did all American come back and be a, a national champ the following year. Right. Those were, those were different moments, but in that hundred mile race, I really had to figure out, you know, really how far I could take my body and how uh, really, how, how tough are you? You know, I've, I've never, it was such an unknown cue that it, it, uh, it almost scared me. It almost, you know, I've never been really scared for, a physical challenge or a mental challenge. And, and I, I really, honestly, that's why like personally, I'm kind of like obsessed with this now. I'm kind of obsessed, obsessed with this ultra marathon because there's, it's such an unknown yeah. and each race can, can be different. Like if I don't do the nutrition, right. You know, the next time it could be worse or it could be, you know, I could get injured out there or something may happen. It's such an unknown that it's a little bit scary that I, I freaking love it. And, uh, that's what I like about it. I like, I like a little bit of a being scared about it, but it changed me in the aspect that I had to get really tough. I had to really understand that, you know, your body is capable of so much more. And I showed myself for that for the first time in my, in my whole life, I had to show myself like, Hey, you really could go this far, you know, and, and you really could go farther than you ever dreamt you could go. And you went a hundred miles and, and, and after doing it, I'm easily the hardest thing I've ever done. And, I haven't told you this. I've told other podcasts, but the second I got, I got, uh, I came across the finish line. It was a hundred miles, right? And actually they tricked you. So this course says it's called the Badger 100, but it was like 101 and a half miles. So we ran more than that. We ran 101 and a half miles or something, something, something like that. It was, you know, people were, people were talking about it. I was like, man, we ran more than hundred. But when we came across the finish line and I got videos, I can send you, um, of, of, I got lowered on, it was in a park that this finish line was in and I got lowered onto this blanket and, and you watch me and it's like, I can't bend my legs. My legs were stiff, so I couldn't bend my legs. And it was basically just like a trust fall, basically face first. And I had two of our buddies that were there and they basically lowered me down to my belly. They flipped me over to my back and I passed out, passed out. Literally my body had had enough. I passed out and I slept for an hour in the park hour went by and that was that was mistake number one after the race was laying down and, and staying still because when I got woke up everything had like seized so when they tried to get me off the, I couldn't I couldn't move Q I could not move so when they put me back up onto my feet all the pressure from my uh my heel or my my, my ankles I felt like my ankles were broken and when they put weight on my feet I, I no longer could walk so I had two guys that I tried to uh, walk with. I couldn't even put pressure on my, I couldn't put an ounce of pressure on my feet. They were so seized up. So I had a, uh, one of our buddies, he carried me about 150 yards on his back to my car. And, uh, you know, my wife drove me home and the course was about 45 minutes from home. It gets even better. So you listeners, it gets even better. And I can't wait for the next time. But we got home. And I took this race really serious. Obviously, you know me, I'm I, I, zero or a hundred and everything. And I shipped our kids away. I sent my, my two kids, my five-year-old daughter and three-year-old son. I sent them to the grandparents and it was just me and my wife. And I was like, listen, you know, for two days before, I'm going to, I'm going to really get ready for this race. And, you know, once the race is done, the kids can come back. And after the race was done, like I said, I got carried to this car and 45 minute drive home. I passed out in the car again, drove home. And now it's just me and my wife in the garage. She pulls into the garage 
She comes around to the uh, passenger side. She opens the door. I can't walk. She lowers me onto my garage floor. I army crawl through my garage, up the stairs, into the mud room, like the first landing in, in the room or in, in, the, in the laundry room. And she puts a blanket down and I crawl on this blanket and she grabs a corner and she pulls me through the house, like to, like to a lazy boy chair, strips me naked, washes me off. And I literally, this is so good. This is so bad, but I was peeing in a cup for 24 hours. I could not stand up Q. Could not stand up. And I actually got worried about 24 hours later, I was still, you know, going to the bathroom and it was, it was really, really dark Brown. And, and I thought I was starting to have some rhabdo or some kind of, you know, break down the muscle tissue into your, into your urine was, yeah. I was starting to get worried. So um, I was trying to pump the fluids and do everything I could to, to keep fluids pumping. And it wasn't for 24 hours later that coach Bono actually brought over. Uh, he was, he was in a little bit better state. He was about, I would say 12 hours ahead of me as far as recovery. He was able to just start walking and I was still stranded. And he's like, Hey, listen, if, if tomorrow, if I can walk, I'm going to bring you over crutches and you need to get on your feet and you need to start walking. And I got on crutches, started walking. Um, and eventually was able to get into a hot tub, kind of loosen things up. And, and then once I got things loosened up, things started to, to come back. But um, I still am five or six months post race. And I mean, I don't feel like I, I, I feel like, you better be prepared to have lifelong injuries after those races. No joke. No joke. Um, but I would say, you know, less than 48 hours after the race, we were, we were hobbling into recruits houses. And, uh, you know, it was funny too, because we went up to a kid's house in Northern Wisconsin, about a two and a half hour drive. So again, you know, you're sitting down, your, your legs are getting tight. And, you know, any moment that I would sit down and let my legs like, sit still for more than 30 minutes, I, I felt like I locked up. So a, a good long uh, car trip with Coach Bono, we get to this kid's house. I had the crutches in the truck just in case I needed them. And we got out of the truck and we hobbled up to this kid's house. And the really cool part was, is, you know, we had put it out on social media for a long time. So a lot of people were following it. And I'll never forget the kids' faces. They're like, I can't believe you guys are even here. And I'm like, listen, that's why, because you're important. We're not missing that. You know, we're not missing this. So it was, it was cool to, cool to experience that part of it. And, um, you know, we've got, we've got uh, a couple more races in, in store for this summer. So we'll, we'll be back out there doing it again. Burn you. But we're going to go into creative tips. We'll yeah, man. That. So um, my creative tip is, and, and I, I've been thinking about this and I was like, man, should I, should I bring up something new? You know, and, 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 and I was, you know, when I, when I got the list of questions for me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick with what exactly I told you guys last time, because I, I truly believe if you, if you dive into being consistent and, and being consistent in your preparation is, is so important. And this goes for business people. This goes for any walk of life and especially athletes. Um, for me, for a long time, I got laughed at by my wife because of the things that I would do to prepare myself for the next day, whether it was set out my clothes, whether it was set out my bowl with my oatmeal, with my, with my spoon, with my banana, with my coffee next to it, with my coffee already done. Um, everything is in place. My supplements were right there. My, uh, you know, my journal and, and my devotional is right there. Everything is in place. So when that, when that uh, alarm clock goes off, I get up and there is zero panic on, 
Where's my clothes? Where's my supplements? Where's my food? Where's my journal? It's done. It's get up, brush your teeth, get your butt downstairs and get going. And that for me is, it's almost like therapy for me. You know, when I come home, you know, I'm like super excited, try to be super excited for my kids. And, 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 you know, when, when dad's home and I, it's all about them. And, uh, but when I get that moment to prepare for the next day, I go all in, man. I go all in on making sure that it is dialed in on every aspect. Like I said, so when I, that goes off, it's being the best version of John reader. I could be that day, uh, for, and lift up those around me. And that little thing, whether it's, whether it's setting my food out or setting my, my clothes out for me, that helps me, you know, and I, I truly believe if you can figure out some sort of routine the night before, I'm not talking about the morning of, yes, your morning routine will, will naturally come to form, but it starts the night before. And I challenge you to, to, to be all in on that. I challenge you to figure out what you need for the next day to be the best version of yourself. And, and I challenge you to, 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 to do that daily. And if you can do that daily and um, I promise you, you're going to, you're, you're going to, there's going to be some positive that comes out of that. There's going to be a little bit less stress on uh, for you the next morning. You're, you're going to be a little bit more laser focused that next morning. Um, you know, and naturally, like I said, the, the next morning is, it's all about efficiency for me and, and how do I set myself up and get ready to rock and roll. Great. Job. So, you know, like so that. preparation, man, preparation is key. And, and, and you'll see the highest, the highest athlete or the highest, the people that are having the most success in their, their careers, the guys that are having the most success in their athletic careers, they prepare and they're passionate about what they prepare and they're consistently good in their prepare, preparation or not occasionally great. You know, going back to what we talked about earlier, they're consistently good in their preparation, not occasionally great. Because the occasionally great is a mediocrity mindset. And if you want mediocrity, then, then, you know, expect to, expect to, uh, to have a lot of, I don't know, have a lot of losses, have a lot of troubles, have a lot of, I don't know the words I'm looking for, but mediocrity mindset sets yourself up for not being the best version of yourself. Um, yeah. You know, and I have a lot of passion for just trying to chase the best version of me. That's all I can do. And, and, um, and having the opportunity to do that is all you can ask for in life is an opportunity. So set yourself up for, for success. That's my tip Q. That's my creative tip. Consistently good in your preparationally, not, not occasionally great. I like that. I'm going to have to, uh, go ahead and uh, take that from you for my, yeah, man, consistently good. Class. <laughs> So, uh, so right now, I mean, what, uh, but before we get, you know, before we start to sign off, you know, what, what are some, uh, some words of wisdom, uh, you know, just a couple of words or, you know, anything that might be in your mind that, um, that you can give to our audience, uh, that may hear this right now or yeah. later on the day or yeah. maybe three years from now that, yeah, that absolutely this episode. Yeah. You know what? And, and, and I've been thinking about this more and more as I get older and, and I know this is a little bit, uh, you know, sensitive or so, or like soft or whatever you want to think. But the older I get, the more grateful I become. Um, I get more grateful for the things, the little, little, little things in my life, the friendships in my life, uh, the people that are invested in me uh, emotionally, um, the, you know, my wife, my kids, I, I become more and more grateful as I become older. So my, my words of wisdom is just, there's times in your day where you can sit back and, and, and be grateful for what you have, you know, or be grateful for what, 
what uh, has gotten you to this point in your life. And, um, you know, I tell our guys all the time, you know, again, you're, you're a collegiate athlete with an opportunity to do something special that not a lot of people get to do. Not a lot of people get to chase a, a college degree and, or, 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 or be the best version of themselves on, on, in their collegiate career. Be grateful for that. Be grateful for the moments in your life that led you to where you are. For me, my parents, I'm incredibly grateful for my parents and what they did for the years leading up to me being into my uh, young adult life. And even now as an adult, you know, I can, I still, I still am, am getting things from my parents consistently that I'm just incredibly grateful for their, their positive mindset. I really believe I got that from my parents and, um, and always trying to find the good in a situation. Um, just be grateful for, for right here, right now. Be grateful for the opportunities you get to control the things in your life right here, right now. Um, you know, don't, don't stress out about what things that are happening, you know, months, two months away. Just be grateful for right here, right now. Be grateful for those around you. Be grateful for Q. Be grateful for the opportunity to lift up. You have so many people that look up to you and that are in your circle and fighters and business people and your following is, is massive. Be grateful for the, you get the opportunity to lift up hundreds of thousands of people. And uh, man, I, I'll tell you, it'd be a lot better world if uh, we just stop and be grateful for what we have. Hey, that's the, the, that is the truth. That is the truth. I, I know um, working, I, I work with a, a, a homeless a organization that helps out with the homeless out here and, um, you know, just dealing with, with uh, learning and, and learning their stories. I mean, it's, it's people that would, they would wish they were in a situation that we may next, like we may hate, like we may like, oh, I want to be, you know, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do this. And there's people that wish they could be in that, in your situation. Yes. Um, so it's, it, I, I know just talking with them through the year, it's, it's switched, you know, like, first of all, like, hey, look, I am thankful for being, <laughs> being alive for a new day. And then, um, yeah, man, the next thing I just tell myself is like, you know, like what, how do I need to show up today? But like, yep. what is it that I, I need to do? Um, you know, you know, just and just comes down to just being a being a good human. I'm not gonna say I'm I'm, yep. I'm nowhere near perfect. Uh, yep. I do dumb stuff daily, um, but um, you know, can I show up? I love what you talk about. Can, can I show up consistently and just just show up for opportunities? You know, I, I'm not mm -hmm. saying I'm gonna win every little thing, uh, but can I show up to be ready and prepared for opportunities? Yeah, um, and that that may be sharing some some words of wisdom to somebody, or, or maybe something that I need to hear. Um, so I can, you know, you know, put that in my own life and I can share that out to others. So, uh, those some, some, some great words of wisdom. That's something that, um, definitely people, uh, I feel people will, you know, resonate with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, um, right now, you know what, um, uh, I, I know if you want to talk briefly about it, I know you have a, you, you've got a, a regional training center. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah yep. We got a regional that. training center that uh, is kind of an extension of our wrestling program really here at the University of Wisconsin. It's it's designed um, a regional training center is, is the Olympic level sports. So you've got, you know, the Greco Romans, the women's wrestling, the men's freestyle guys that are guys, women and men that are trying to um, post collegiately trying to wrestle for world and Olympic medals and represent the United States and we have formed a regional training center here at the University of Wisconsin called the Wisconsin Regional Training Center. That that's the exact same, the exact thing we're trying to do. And our, our program is designed that when you come as a freshman, uh, for the men's side, when you come in as a freshman, our program, whether you're here for four or five years, 
it's designed to give you an opportunity post-collegiate that you can go do that. You, you, can, you can live on a stipend that we would provide and you would have the opportunity to continue to train and win world Olympic medals and bring them back to the University of Wisconsin. And in return, you're, you're training with, with our college, collegiate guys, which is making our team better, right? So that is a, uh, it, it's, it's a crucial part of our program. And we've got six athletes right now. Three of them are women and they're some of the best athletes in the, in the, in the world, right? They're, they're winning world level medals and our, our women are crushing it and doing a great job. And um, they're traveling all over the world and getting number one, they're getting, um, you know, they're bringing back world medals, but they're, 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 they're experiencing, you know, different cultures and, and they're worldly. They're all over the world. You know, they're just in Bulgaria. They're in Ukraine. They're, they're over in Turkey. They're all over the world wrestling and representing the United States. These are some of the best, best experiences that you'll have in your, in your life. Being able to put on that, that American flag and representing the United States is, is an honor. And um, our program takes that very seriously. But like I said, the Wisconsin Regional Training Center does a, a lot of things. We've, uh, we provide training for high school athletes after the collegiate career is done and after their high school um, seasons are done. We bring in kids from 250-mile radius around our campus that we provide training for those uh, the high school athletes that, number one, they get to experience the University of Wisconsin, but they're trained with their collegiate athletes. So what an experience for those guys. So just an all-around great organization that um, our goal is to continue to build that and to continue to build more athletes coming in. And um, obviously, that's a fundraising um, hurdle that we, we, uh, we've got that challenge every day, and we love it, and we, we attack it every day. And um, it's just the beginning. We, we just formed our Wisconsin Regional Training Center four years ago, and we've got six athletes already. So very great, very great, uh, grateful to have those guys here with us. Is, is there a, a specific uh, website or anything like how, has, you know, for fundraising opportunities for the. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Good point. So uh, you can go to WisconsinRTC.com and there's great ways to donate. There's great uh, ways to connect with different events that we have going on. We've actually got a great event coming up February 12th, where we're going to uh, do a 10 K raffle. So we're going to sell raffle tickets to 250 tickets will be sold. And uh, it's an opportunity for, for, for you to win a uh, $10,000 $10, grand prize if you're the last ticket drawn. Cool. So pretty cool experience. And, 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 and uh, you know, two, you, and, you and a guest get, you know, all you can eat, drink and food and um, a great night in Madison and with a chance to win a grand prize of, of $10,000. That's awesome. Yeah, so that'd be a great experience. Yeah, so there's consistently things that are going on within our RTC, different fundraising events. Um, I've got a German team that is going to be coming here in April, and uh, kind of an international experience where uh, 13 to 15 of the best under 20 athletes from from Germany are going to come train with our athletes for about a week, and then we're going to put a dual meet on at the very end of their training camp before they go home. So awesome. a great experience for number one, for the German team to come here and experience, you know, United States and especially Madison, but for our collegiate athletes to, to get that international flavor and uh, be able to train alongside them, pick up, you know, some of their things. And um, the friendship that we built with those guys is, has been really good. That's great. Yeah. Um, so what, as far as uh, how can people get get in touch with you? Uh, for yeah. Uh, you know, for it could be for anything, for camps, seminars, for speaking opportunities. Yeah, uh, man. Or wanting to support, you know, Wisconsin wrestling. Um, yeah. What's the best way to contact? So, best way for me is is uh, is probably my Twitter. It's probably 
the easiest way to find me. J O N underscore reader R E A D E R is the best way to find me. You can shoot me a DM on there if, if there's ever anything that you need. And I encourage that. We're always open to, uh, we'll always get back to anybody that, that, that shoots a message out. And, um, you can find me right there. You can find me on Instagram. Same thing. J O N underscore reader R E A D E R. And, uh, yeah, like I said, shoot me a DM. Let me know you're, let me know you, uh, you're excited about this podcast. Sounds great. Sounds great. And if anyone doesn't know the uh, the assistant coach, uh, it's sort of a running inside running joke. He doesn't he doesn't like coffee. Uh, so Seth Gross, an outstanding <laughs> wrestler, uh, he's one yep. of the uh, the coaches there at Wisconsin. Um, he is known for not liking coffee. Yeah, um, man, that's my that's my guy. And we're we're trying we're trying to um, who doesn't like coffee? And, and and I'm trying to I'm trying to get him to come over. He says he doesn't like coffee, so. I started him. I actually did him kind of dirty at the beginning. We went to IHOP and that was his very first experience. And IHOP doesn't have the best coffee. I'll, I'll admit that. But I wanted him to understand there's levels to this. Yeah. There's levels to this. And I've built myself up to being, I kind of like really good coffee. And uh, I want him to come over to this, to this, you know, liking coffee. And I can't get him to do it. And I'm eventually going to get him to do it. I just got to put, you know, some foo-foo cream and you know, mocha, mocha latte, this, and, and uh, he'll eventually do it. So we're working on him. I would, I would, I would love to, to go to Madison just so I can see his face. Yeah. He, 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 uh, he, he really does. He really dislikes it. He really does not like it. You know, he puts it in his mouth and he, he's about to throw up. So we'll get him. We'll eventually get him Q. <laughs> oh, good deal. Well, you know what? Hey, this has been an awesome episode. You'll, uh, this will be re-released. Um, so for anyone listening to this, this is a live recording. Um, this will be on all the po- uh, podcast um, channels, Spotify, SoundCloud, um, Apple Podcasts, as well as Facebook Podcast. And then this will also be on a, a Helium Radio, too, as well. It's my radio partner. So this will be all over the airwaves. Um, awesome. So uh, And then the video portion will be on the Creative Brew um, Facebook page. And snippets will be on uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, and then uh, we'll have the, the full episode too as well on, on YouTube. So um, uh, once, once once this re-releases, I'll send out the the uh, the links and everything and um, for, for people to, to catch this if you weren't able to catch this live recording. Um, so uh, please, uh, you know, check out John Reader, check out all the things he's doing. Great guy, uh, probably one of the most uh, contagious people, high energy people that you will, you'll, you'll ever meet. Um, and, you know, just, uh, give them support, you know, especially for all my, all my coaches, um, you know, and, and definitely with, uh, Wisconsin wrestling, you know, uh, I'm glad you're, you're doing a lot of great things there and I see you're, you're having fun and, and, uh, continued success. And, um, and hopefully, you know, some, some, a lot of people on the podium come, come March. And, yes, sir. And that's there. the, that's the goal Q. <laughs> so hey once again this has been another awesome episode with your show host me Quantel, and john reader and uh, once again be creative stay inspired <laughs>